This is the Misdirected Mark Podcast, a podcast about gaming, game mastering, and entertaining you, our listeners. We are explicit, you have been warned, and I'd like to thank Mike Willer for letting us use his music at our show. Now let's pick up those mics and get on with this thing. And welcome to the second episode of MM Plays. We're discussing collaboration in relation to our previous episodes of MM Plays, where we did some high-level creation. So with that, my name is Jerry. My name is Phil. I'm Chris. And I am Old Man Logan. So today, we're going to do our, our post-game discussion. It's not really post-game. I mean, it's sort of a game. Mm-hmm. Like we, we It's just, a game. Yeah, yeah. we talked about uh, our high-level discussion, and we actually did some of that already this week with our mod stuff, which you'll hear a little bit of that here for collaboration, because co- we collaborated a lot. Yeah, yes. we, we collaborated yeah. on the setting, which is the first episode that you heard Mm -hmm. and then after this one right you'll be hearing us talking about mods uh where we did a little less collaboration on the mics um and a little more of it off mic just because it's not always the most recordable correct chris did a lot of editing to make plays one yeah it's fine yeah that's my point like collaboration doesn't sound sexy it's messy yeah it's messy yeah I kind of wish I had just one of those conversations recorded of the collaboration that we just did so that I could have like put it at the end as like a bonus episode. Like, here, you want to listen to what it really sounds like? Oh. It's gross. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. so gross. Yeah, it, it's necessary, but it's not exactly audio entertainment. No, no. no. Okay, so let's uh, let's start with a definition. Behold, you are in the presence of Definition Panda. Yep, collaboration, the action of working with someone, someones, to produce or create something. It's a solid definition. Yeah. Solid definition. It means working together, folks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Working together to achieve a goal. Now, in, uh, in role-playing games, this is a thing, I suppose, right? To build out a game, essentially? Well, I mean, in role-playing, there's collaboration all over the place, mm-hmm. right? I mean, players collaborate on plans and things like that. But if we're talking about in the scope of what we're doing with Cortex Prime, we definitely collaborated on our setting. Yes. We did. For other games, and even for Cortex games, that's not always the case because somebody can use one of the, I don't want to say pre-generated because it's not like before it was generated, it's but somebody generated. can use one of the generated it, 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 settings, right? That was you, don't, created. you don't have to. Eberron exists. Or the sample settings. Yeah, you can use one of the, yeah, you can use one of those and you don't actually have to collaborate on it. Or like we did, we picked three genres and then we decided, well, how does that actually work? You heard all of that. There's a yes. whole hour of discussion about and it. And there's a yes. whole hour of it you did not hear. There's a whole hour of it you did there not is. hear. <laughs> like, yeah. And you don't want to hear it. <laughs> there was gnashing of teeth and then, no, there was not. It was actually a pretty civil discussion. It was a really good discussion. It's just that it's hard to edit. Yeah. Anyways, where do we start with this? Like when you come to something like this, you have to start with a goal, right? Like mm-hmm. what is our goal? What is our objective? Yeah. Because otherwise you're, you know, if we go back to the definition, right? Like you need to make something, right? Mm-hmm. What's the something? Yeah. Or when I do this for project management, this is a phrase I love from getting things done. What does done look like? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. In the case of this, Bill actually came with a list of things that we had to kind of accomplish. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. We had a document. There was yep. a list of things to accomplish. And we talked about all those things. Yeah. And there were things I needed to be able to go off and finish off the setting. Right? By the our, way, our, you can now read that setting. It is now on the Patreon. Yes. Yes. If you're a $4 backer or higher, you can read that setting. It's like 33,000 words or something. And Phil's going to probably make some edits. Too. Yeah. There's going to so be some edits too. It's, be it's a, a living document. Yes, it is. <laughs> As a GM for this process, we needed a setting, meaning like I had to have some idea what this game was about so that we could start thinking about what a world would be like. Mm-hmm. 
We started with zero constraints. We started with nothing. We we yeah. created huh. three constraints. I'm sorry, we started with a game system. Yeah. I'm sorry, that would be our first, that would be yes. our constraint, right? We yeah. started with Cortex Prime. Then we added three more constraints by genre. Yep. And then mm-hmm. based on that, using those constraints, get to the things we needed. Which so are essentially our design goals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because we were building a game. Now, that doesn't mean you always have to go build a game, right? This is role-playing games. We, we tended to build, we happened to build a game because we're playing Cortex Prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, so part of this is very much a me as a GM thing. I have trouble running settings that I don't like fully understand. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there are a lot of settings, like they're published settings. I don't like running because I can't quite grasp them. Like for instance, the setting for Forbidden Lands is very difficult for me because I just don't quite get their mythology history and setting and Mm so i like the game but the setting for me is really difficult and so it's hard for me to run some of their published material in this case because we don't have published material to pull from i as a gm i need like a pretty it doesn't need to be super detailed but like as you know like nearly four thousand words later i need something that kind of anchors my head like what is this world yes yes and, and we did a lot of that work. Yeah, we, we did. Logically, how the how the world works and what, what things encompass that world and all of that. And what are now, our places going to be in that world? Now, I could say some of that stuff, while we gave a, a pretty good base for Phil, shift a little bit as things went on, right? Because we all start adding our own little spins on things. Phil mm-hmm. creates a whole bunch of text. And there's some surprises in there for the three of us. So they're like, all right. Sometimes some things get like misinterpreted so that... The yeah. design thing sure. that I did to help like build out this thing because Phil was kind of busy last week did not a hundred percent, but like ninety percent matched up with what was going on. Mm-hmm. So now Phil is going to have to like he's like I'm fine with that. I'll just fix a few things. Yeah, just yeah. like I got to go yeah. in and edit. Like it's easy to edit the world. Yeah, none of the things that we talked about violate any of the basic framework of the world. This is actually the most fun I've had with game design and game creation since we did the underground version of Fate. Oh yeah, man, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, because this is like a, we're building a thing all together, and it feels very, yeah. very fascinating to do this as a group. Cool. We'll do the underground version of Cortex yeah. Prime later. Frustrating at points because I have a hard time collaborating over text. Sure, collaboration it's way easier face to face when you can talk yes. to each other. Collaboration in general can be like can just be frustrating, like because collaboration is it is an act of the best way to put it. The I, I'm gonna I'm gonna it's I'm, negotiation. I'm, Yes, and I'm going to put it in terms of lower decks in a second, but I'm also going to put it in terms of it's not getting what you picture. It's about getting to something that everybody's good with. So you can start with an idea and then you need to like put your idea forward, but then let other people press into it and shape it. Yes, it's very much an iterative process. So for me, like with the the world building, when I put out the first draft, which was like, I think at 2000 words Mm -hmm. yes chris asked a few questions and then i was like okay hang on i'm going back i will address those and i will fix some history and stuff like that and then put out like another thousand words later which by the way i said i liked everything i just oh wasn't sure about these things which is a clarification it's a thing to point out like you can you should be constructive in your feedback yeah Uh yeah and and they were good questions and and yeah there was positive like i like this but i you know i don't understand that kind of thing and that kind of goes to if you're going to give some sort of feedback, questions are a good way to start. Instead of saying something like, I don't like this, you can ask a question about something because you might find out that what your concerns are, the rest of the group has already taken into account and has found ways to make them so they're not an issue. And that works very well. Not that it's on the previous episode, but on the next episode, we'll probably talk about the affiliation thing because mm-hmm. we, we collaborated on sure. that mod 
And we all had very different ideas of how that worked. And yep. then we came to a much more clear understanding of how it worked. Yes, exactly. So we'll, we'll talk, we, we talked about it off mics, but we'll talk yep. about that process on mics. So the lower decks joke is, I don't know if you guys remember this from last season, but when they're playing, I forget what board game it is, but it's all about collaboration. They're like, hey, we're both unhappy. Batless and Banas. We won. No, it's not that one. It's, the other one? No, there's like some other game. And oh, that's that, that. They're playing that board game that's like uh, like like Risk or whatever. And they're like right. moving. It's all politics and whatnot. Yeah. And you have to come to a uh, some sort of compromise. Uh, yeah. 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 They're like, oh, we're both unhappy. <laughs> we win. Like <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. And, that is not, and that is not the goal of collaboration is that no. you're both unhappy. The, the goal of collaboration is that both of you walk away feeling very comfortable and can work with whatever you come out yep. with. Um, <laughs> yes. Phil. <laughs> subverting the conversation no but the i I mean but the thing is there's collaboration as in i'm bringing this thing in yeah Mm -hmm. and here's a rough version of it or here's a thing please help shape it that is one form of collaboration the other form of collaboration is hey we all have this thing to do and i'm assigning you each parts bring your part Mm -hmm. to the game and we're not really going to mess with each other's parts but like hey chris i need you to make a mechanical thing i'm going to write some history can can i I say that i think that's probably a terrible idea it's not a great one (laughs) no yeah I, I did a you've heard me talk about, I did a collaborative world building for a Savage Worlds game I did where everybody got to talk about their character's culture a little bit. And one of the rules we had was that once somebody set something in stone about their character's culture, nobody else could come in and do something that was counter to that and sure. change it. The example was one of the players wanted to play a, a, very, a, a gentleman dwarf duelist. And then two players said, wouldn't it be cool if dwarves were all like feral barbarians? We're like, no, no, no. What you just said contradicts this character's yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, come into it with, let's make somebody else that way. But- don't just tell them, no, you can't have anything like that. Let's find something else that works. Yeah. It's a good way to keep the growth of the world instead of constantly altering what's already there. It's good to have some flexibility, but it's also good to have things, once something's down, this is one of the constants we want to stick with, unless it's bad. Here, I'd like to bring up another another thing about that. Like, You have to understand what your game system can do and can't do if you've already yes. picked a game system. For instance, in our conversation, Jerry was like, what if I used like a, a, a Zwiehander sword and it did more, but it was slower. I'm like, I'm about 99% sure that Cortex doesn't support that because there's no weapon speed in the game. Yep. There's no way to modify initiative for like a giant weapon that can do more, but acts less often. So, and, I mean, and, and, and my feeling on that was, that's fine. I, I had a question. about thought, to tell well, me I'm wrong. Well, I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm saying there's nothing laying in the book like that. Yeah. Could you build it? I mean, I could build oh, it. You could hack speed, something but, together. Yes. My, my question was just, how does magic work? Is this how magic works? And when we said, well, no, that would be difficult to do in the game. It's a neat effect, but it's something that we're not going to do in the game. We're like, great. That's fine. Which then again, I went and built a whole magic system that isn't really using, it's yeah. using modifications of mods. Again, so. yeah. you'll, you'll Just, hear about that next, next, yeah. next session. So what else do we need to know about the, who's in charge? Yeah. Helps yeah. to have a facilitator. Yes. Right? So, yes. and why are they in charge or were the variations on somebody being in charge? You already talked about one of them which is the everybody brings a piece to the game. Sure. Which I th- I think is a bad idea for a role-playing game for the most part. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it depends on, it depends on how you're going to glue them all yeah. together. Now, if it's just building the setting out, like I'm pretty sure that the, the Pathfinder setting, the whatever that world's called, anybody know offhand? Galarian. 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 Everybody was like, cool, you have this area, you have this area, go ahead and write whatever you want. Yeah. Which it's a very kitchen sinky kind of fantasy setting. Sure. And Jerry's thing was fine too, right? Like you could do the thing where it's like, okay, as as your homework, I want you to write up some details about your homeland, but then you're going to wind up having to do some continuity work because what if Bob is like, my homeland was overrun by demons and no one else has talked about demons. At this point, we have to stop and be like, hey, 
is that a thing that like yeah. it only happened in your world and like in your realm and why? Or somebody might be like, oh, you know what? I had a thing where my people were like overrun by somebody. I- I'm just going to X out kobolds and I'm going to say, demons. I'm going to say demons too. And then suddenly now through collaboration, like you now like fell onto a new theme. Or, you know, Bob sees that and says, it doesn't have to be demons. I can see that, you know, we have elementals that have just rampaged all over the place. Yeah. We'll just, I'll just use elementals yeah. instead. Exactly. I, my people have never seen halflings before. We thought they were demons. But <laughs> my people have never seen halflings before. We thought they were great warriors. Great. They're <laughs> all amazing. Yes. Had actually yes. seen a couple that halflings. A, they were that, all great warriors. That is a joke from our Dungeon World game. Sorry for any <laughs> okay. well, well, unless you school unless joke. you play Eberron where the original halflings their chosen career was barbarian. Yeah. Um, yeah okay. But yeah, sense. that's and that's something it doesn't have to be something as complicated as everybody brings something. It'd be something sit down at the table Everybody toss out an idea for the world. Which is go around the table. Somebody tell me something about a culture. Somebody tell me something about... Yeah, write it down. Yeah. Everybody yeah. writes things down and goes from there. Go ahead, Phil. So bringing us back to facilitator, right? Mm-hmm. The reason for having a facilitator, right? There's a couple of reasons. One, uh, focus. You, when you collaborate, you can run down various trails. So having a facilitator whose job is to kind of pull everybody back, that, mm-hmm. that's a thing. The facilitator could be the um, tiebreaker. Yeah. If two people have ideas and they're kind of stuck, the facilitator could be the person who helps to broker like how are we you know like all right well like, like let's let's figure out your gentleman duelists and your barbarians into one culture let's figure out what that's going to look like or mm-hmm. simply say like nope it was jerry's pick you know please find something else for your barbarians yeah. kind of thing your facilitator is most likely going to also be a participant but like in the professional world uh, i have been the facilitator and not been a participant like i am literally there to just Make sure that everybody gets heard, mm-hmm. that I play traffic cop, and I poke people when things bog down. I ask Columbo questions when things bog down. Makes sense. And, and I think you put something that was very important, is as a facilitator, part of their job should be to make sure that everybody's heard. Mm-hmm. If you have one person who's been throwing out four, four ideas in a row, stop them and go to the rest of the table so it doesn't mm-hmm. just become Jerry's game world. It's also got some input from Bob and from Chris. And I think in the previous, in, in, in our past episode, I think there's a moment, I don't know if it made it through the editing, where I think, if I'm remembering positions correctly, Chris was to my right, Chris had said something, and then I was like, oh, I just want to check in with Bob and Jerry, mm-hmm. that they're both okay with that yep. with that yeah. idea. Because I talk a lot. Yeah, and, and it was fine. You were You were on a roll, and you were like putting stuff out, but I'm watching Bob and Jerry, and I'm pretty sure they're on the same page, but again... People's ability to read other people is, and I remember we did a pandas thing about this. It's super unreliable in most cases. Just ask a question. It's better just to ask. So it also means that if you are part of this group and you do have somebody who is giving a lot of ideas and so on, it's good to look at the table and and like nod along, occasionally make the comment of, oh, that's good. Let's do that. To make sure that the other people at the table know that you're on board or hold your hand up. I've got a question about that, but don't just be a passive participant. Even if you're just, they're nodding your head like, Yes, I like that. Maybe you don't have as much to add, but by supporting everybody else, you're still adding to the story and making sure that everybody's comfortable with it in a good way. So talking about GMs as collaboration facilitators, we're in our other group playing Knights Black Agents, a game that requires a lot of collaboration in terms of processing clues, making plans for what to do next, etc. And there is a role, there is an absolute role in my job as as a GM for Knights Black Agents where Part of my job is to just help the players collaborate. Sometimes it's to poke things forward, like to push forward. 
And sometimes I use that role to highlight things like I might mention um, somebody having a particular niche skill. Like, you know, somebody might be like, oh, I could do that. I'm like, oh, Ludo could do that too. Like remembering that, you know, Sean's character has, you know, all disguise or all social skills or whatever. (laughs) Sometimes they do that. Sometimes part of my job as facilitator to help put people back on track is to remind them of things that their characters know. Yes. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you are all professionals. And because I despise this, um, we don't have to get this tangent going, but the difference between characters who are professionals versus players who don't actually have that profession. Yes. Mm -hmm. So there are times like these guys were talking about a plan for poisoning vampires. And I was like, yes, at some point they will send out a message on their private network that this blood is tainted. You might want to do something about that Mm -hmm. because you would know that you should do something about that. Yeah. I constantly in my games that I am, that I'm facilitating will say your character is smarter than you. Mm -hmm. They know this or they know that, or they understand this. And it's not that they're smarter. It's that they're more steeped in the more experienced in that knowledge. And I mean, in Knights Black Agents, every character starts with a one in tradecraft. You're not going to make a basic tradecraft mistake. You know how to do all this stuff. And if you have higher than a one, you absolutely will never make that mistake. Game masters, it is a good rule of thumb, maybe even a truth just to adopt that idea. Yes. Mm -hmm. Likewise, the converse of this as we're on this tangent is sometimes in a game, if players overthink it and their characters are not experts, like in the game we're about to play, you are high school students. If you start to overanalyze something, I may say to you, like, yeah, I don't know if your impulsive teen brain would process the in-depth those ramifications of this action. Exactly. It will be interesting to see how badly you punish us for acting like high schoolers. Because if you punish us for acting like high schoolers, we're going to be less inclined no, to I don't want think to it's, act I don't like think it's punished, right? I, I think the idea is like, no, you should be rash, I right? Know. So rash doesn't come with punishment, but it does come with consequences. It should come yes. with consequences yes. and drama yes. and, yes. and complications. But. but if you're like sitting making a plan, like how do we minimize all dangers? No, you're teenagers. You're like a step above Leroy Jenkins. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we should be like, we'll minimize the danger this one way. And yes. then of course there's like three other terrible things. Exactly. That Back to facilitation. Yes. Yeah. So I want to talk about one more variation. So yeah. in uh, the games that I am that I am running in my D&D world, I have a setting. I have filled out a lot of those bits of the setting, but I've also left a lot of spaces blank. Mm-hmm. So it's nice because then I can just go to a player later and be like, tell me about it. So like, that's how Alvar got built with Bob. How does that work? Yeah. Like, do these things function there? Like, what do, what do you think about this? And then I can just sit with a player and we can create like a space that is very specific to them. I'm going to do a very similar thing with Jerry pretty soon about how Elvish culture works in this world, or yes. at least some parts of Elvish culture. Because I have, some, I already have some ideas about how it works. I'm sorry. When you said this world, do you mean your D and D? My D and D world. Okay, yes. I don't want people to confuse sorry. that for the context. This, this world isn't the same world that Bob's character yeah, yeah, is, yeah. and that will happen very, very soon. A lot of that's been going on, and like I eventually will have to do that same thing for uh, Jen's Dragonborn character because of how her culture is very tribal. But I don't know a ton about it. How they roam around. There's got to be more to that because they're going to show up at some point. From a designing a setting point of view, while I wrote a history, there's no serious detail to any of that history, right? There are huge gaps and Mm -hmm. blanks and... Yeah, but there's giant implications. Yes. The point of it is I have written a spirit of the world so that when you improv, you have at least some idea how also to improv. And also help with the design. Mm -hmm. Like I'm looking at, I'm like, all right, well... I better go this way now because eventually I was like, it's all going to be elemental stuff. It is not all elemental no, stuff. No, and then in fact, actually, we we played back and forth on that because after I looked at your design, I was like, oh, let me go put a thing into the setting yeah. to 
address this yep. piece. And of course that came with some of the, some of the other things. So which is collaboration. Yeah. We collaborated on like the setting, which not, not that we put together like a design document for like what needs to be in the game. So I had to go extrapolate all of that stuff to start helping with the, like I saw what Phil did. Phil's like, I'm doing these things. I'm like, cool. I see the pieces that you put there. Let me go fill in the rest of the stuff that isn't there, especially yep. the magic section, which feels like, ah, magic. I'm like, I got you. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, uh, I feel like, I feel like the Hulk from Endgame. Time travel. <laughs> I just, <laughs> like, collaboration. Well, I, I, I just, I just thought it was funny that watching the thread, because I, I was at work when you guys were doing this today and seeing all of a sudden Phil say, well, the only thing we have to figure out now is magic. And like 10 minutes later, Chris is like, I've got this covered. And all of a sudden, a document pops up, and I'm like, well, there it is. <laughs> I mean, I was hoping that was true, because... Magic so, is hard, man. It well, is. because it's the mod. Like, I had already read the book. Like, I went back and looked through the Cortex Prime book, and I'm like, mm, I don't think anything in this book is going to line up for nope. how we want to do stuff. Nope. So then I was like, we also should not develop a magic system on the mics. No, no. So I had put that an early call out to be like, please tell me people have been thinking about this. There's a future episode where we just talk about magic systems and role-playing games. Yeah. Sure. That, that's a thing that should be discussed. hard, man. Yes. If ours comes out good, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Uh, like if, if <laughs> like if we play it and we're like, wow, this is really good. It's coming out good. Yeah, then we'll, uh, <laughs> then, well, then we'll, we'll put that episode I, out there. I've designed a couple of magic systems from scratch for different games I've run and they were not all good. <laughs> Here, my next question, how do we not get bogged down on specific ideas and points? I think the first thing is, is the facilitator's job is to make sure that we don't do that. Mm -hmm. The danger is when the facilitator is also a collaborator. Uh-huh. If the facilitator gets bogged down, like somebody's got to either snap them out or they have to come to and be like, oh, no, no, get back on track. That's we actually had that problem today because mm -hmm. we kept getting bogged down on naming conventions. And I'm like, stop with the naming convention conversation. Does it work or not? We can figure out the name later, but just tell yeah. me, does it does function? It function? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Because that's more important than, than on, I mean, the name is, don't get me wrong. Names are important. I agree. But we just have to understand how it functions. Yeah. And that's the, that's the important thing. Figure out what your point is for what you're discussing right now. If right now what you're trying to decide is what are these three, three things and how do they work? That's one thing. You can go back later on and say, now, what do we name them so that they inform the play of the game? Yes. And that's what we're going to do later on. And I got bogged down with naming and Chris came out and Chris was right. And he's like, nope, we know what we're doing with this. And Bob it worked. Did, yeah, I did too. Yep. For continuity's sake, though, I, I don't want to mess too much with naming because when people start hearing these on recordings, I don't want to have like, oh, we renamed all our stats like between episodes. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. yeah, hopefully, and odds are we probably won't. Go that's why too we're not talking wild. about them right now. <clears throat> yes, yeah. There's, there's, you know, there'll be a moment where we lock that stuff down for mm -hmm. so that we don't confuse listeners. I got another question I actually want to ask. Unless somebody's got something else about how not to get bogged down on specific nah, points. I mean, that's pretty much it. Just be aware <laughs> yeah. of it, right? Like, and be like, look, it's okay. We don't have to get bogged down on this thing. Move on. Move on to something else or understand why you're getting bogged down about it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes tabling, right? So sometimes like parking something so that people can stop and think or taking a break, mm -hmm. like is a good way. So I have done this professionally where people will get bogged down on a particular thing and I'll be like, okay, look. I understand we still have more work to do on this, but let's put it over here on the board and let's just go with the assumption that we solved this problem. What would you guys do next? Assuming you can move on. Right. If you can't move on, you got to, some, some problems in. are bottlenecks. You have to solve yeah. them. Yeah. But assuming you can't, you can just walk away then. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So what happens when all of this collaboration doesn't work and you get something they're like, nobody's happy with, or it just doesn't feel good or everything's gross. Sometimes you go right back to basics and start over. Sometimes you pull a piece out and see if taking one piece out makes it better. But sometimes you just say, you know what? We've gotten this far and this is not going to do what any of us want to do. 
we should try something different. But find out and discuss why it doesn't work. What are people not comfortable with? Somebody says, well, that's not how I want magic to work. Or somebody says, that's not the culture I wanted. Or I can't play the character I had in mind for this in this setting. Now, collaborative game design, you probably shouldn't come with a complete character concept in mind. A framework is good because otherwise then you're just trying to build a game around your character. But if you get to the point where you say this isn't working, you should also identify why. I think the goal has got to be you can't proceed if everybody's unhappy. You, you just can't. You're building a house of cards at this point. If your foundation, which is your initial collaboration, has failed, everything else you build is just going to fall apart. So you've got to hash it out. And it's uncomfortable at times. You got to be like, okay, look, we got to start from scratch. Or, hey, what are you really unhappy about here? Like, what's not doing it for you? And maybe it's a thing that, like, I built and it's like, all right, look, we got to just let that go then. I'm going to take it out for the sake of getting us to something that's better. Like try not to hold things too tightly. There are a couple of key things. Like if you release too many things, like are we really still playing the same game? But also sometimes the answer might be maybe we should be doing this other thing. If Mm -hmm. there are so many problems, maybe we should do this other thing instead. We've had this in some of the discussions we, we looked at when we said this is good, but it doesn't quite fit what we're trying to do. What if we did this and this and this and this? And Phil, you literally said, well, you know what? We don't really need that. That's a GM thing, and I don't need it to run the game. So why don't we just toss it? And we realized, yeah, that's the easier way to do it. It's not, it was, it's a. Did we do that? I don't yeah. just did it a few seconds ago. We just did it a few seconds ago with, um, with one of the mods. Oh, okay. We did, one of the last mods we did. We, we, oh, we, that's right. We, the... we, we, we sat here and sp- talked for five minutes about how to adapt the mod six different ways yeah, to make we it work. we were thinking about doing a bank mod and we decided not to do the bank mod. And then Phil just yet. like, you know what, we just do it this way. We're like, all right. So we just threw the old mod out mm-hmm. and, came and p- picked one of was, our older ideas. There wasn't anything about the choice of that mod that was pivotal to the game. You'll hear about that next yeah. week. Yeah. And it was like, well, I withdraw it. Like, yeah. it's fine. Like, let me just, let me take that back. And now this other thing, which I actually like better is actually going to work better. And, and that, and that's the other example. I was going to say what we actually ended up doing was we took another idea we talked about and put aside and just put it back in. And that's something you can do sometimes when something doesn't work. Come about scale, right? Yep. Go back to something that you tabled on the side or something that you tossed aside. See if bringing that back in and getting rid of something else makes the game work if it wasn't working it, before. Yeah. There's, I don't think there's an easy answer. Like there's no formula for how to bring it around, but if people are unhappy at the end of your collaboration, you're not done collaborating. No, not at all. Like nope. you may feel like that session is done, and again, this is why having objectives, right? This is why having goals Helps. is important. Yep. If you have not achieved your goal, you must continue or you must f- like fail it. Yeah. yeah. Anybody have any best practices that they think they should just like stick as we finish this up? Always make sure that you go around the table periodically to make sure that everybody's got a chance for input. I think um, that one's good. I mm-hmm. think that's and because some people, especially if you're playing a game with people that are more passive, and this group here is not shy about making their opinions known. No. But I've but I've played with groups where you have one or two people that will sit there and they'll go along with whatever is being done just because they don't want to make waves. Check in with everybody, make sure everybody's got an idea. Cause you might find out that their little idea that they didn't think because of their own, whatever was good. Everybody else loves during the collaboration session. You need to document what you've agreed upon after it's done. You need to put that into something and then you need to share it out to everybody afterwards because everybody has their own perception of how they left that session. Yes. Hence when I put out the world doc, which was my interpretation of what I heard at the table. There were questions about certain pieces of it, and it was like, cool, allow me to now go in and address all those. Mm -hmm. Because some of it was just in my head. Some of it was stuff I hadn't even thought of. But because one person put down what they thought it was, 
it allowed everybody else to reflect upon it and say, I'm with you or yes, but here's some questions. Yes. And here are some questions, etc. So you need to close up that loop and document it somewhere because your memory is unreliable. Yes. And make sure that everybody does a review to make sure that they're all on the same page. Like, oh, I was thinking it was like this when we said it and agreed on it, but you looked at it like it was like this and wrote it down Mm -hmm. that way. So yeah, everybody go through review, make sure you're like, okay, cool. This is what I thought everything was. And also the review might also actually spark some other thought in your head that may be something that could stand out to the other people and be like, oh, I didn't think of that either. That's great. I agree a hundred percent. The last thing, the one that I have to say is when you come to collaborate, you can have an idea or two that you really want to have in the thing, but do not be married to that idea Mm -hmm. and do not. And do not be married to shooting down other people's ideas. Figure out how to mesh those things together in, yeah. the, in as many ways as humanly possible. Because that's the way that you get everybody <laughs> to come away from the process being content with what happened. And not being, oh, we're all unhappy. Yes. So, yay, we must have done We must it. have won. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Well, that's the last thing I have to say about yeah. it. So let's, uh, let's do some Patreon shout outs while we're here. Because we love to do those. We do. Because we love our patrons. We do. All right, so let's uh, let's fire this off with the royal court. We have a new member of the royal court. I don't know who's in charge of titles, but we I, need to get this person. I, I asked them what they wanted their title to be. Awesome. So we'll find so, out. So Lars Henrik Evgen, the Lord of No Name, <laughs> the Lord and, of and something, Lord, Lord the Amer- Lord, to be determined, Lord to be determined. Yeah, Lord to be TBD. Yeah, we have Jim, the Royal Merchant Emeritus, Schmitty, the Keeper of the Labyrinth, Andrew Dacey, the Warden of Whiskies, Andy Olson, the Duke of Dice, John Carney, the Court Necromancer. Craig, the Lord of One Name, Tiberius Starcrash Smith, the Baron of Britannia, GM Gerrymander, the Lord of the After Show, and Kevin Lovecraft, the Royal Beard. Also, big shout-outs to Chris Constantine, Mirko Frolick, Eric Simon, Kathleen Halperin, Christopher Gmelch, Michael <coughs> Beck Esperum, Joseph Knoll, Carlos Heptalema, Michael Draper, and Cubano. And thanks to everybody for listening tonight. If you'd like more content like this, you can find it on our website at misdirectedmark.com. And if you want even more, even more. There's more? Yes. But wait, there's more. Our Patreon page at patreon.com slash MMP has hundreds of bonus episodes available. Now, Phil mentioned more shows, and these are going to include things like Pandas Talking Games, the Gnome Cast, Bonus Experience, and Thacko with Advantage. If that still is enough content for you, I suggest checking out our sibling podcasts, Tabletop Bellhop, The Knights of the Night, and Mastering Dungeons. And before you all leave the table unhappy, <laughs> leave us some feedback. Oh. You can reach us directly using the weird old archaic email system at mmp at misdirectedmark.com. Use your AOL account to email us. Absolutely. We, we dare you. I dare you. Um, then check us out on Twitter. The show in the network is at misdirectedmark. He's Robert M. Everson. Yep. GM Gerrymander, The Light 101, and me, DNA Phil. By the way, if you use a, if there's an AOL account that emails MMP at misdirectedmark.com, I will shout you out on the show. There you go. Yeah, there go you break go. out your MMP. Go, go break them I will, out. I will create a character in the game named after you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, you remember that Patreon that we mentioned just a little bit earlier with all the bonus episodes? If you want to support us and other shows from Misdirected Mark Productions, you can do that at patreon.com slash MMP. Your patronage will get you access to the After Show podcast our show notes, the Bamboo Lounge podcast, all our MM Plays game stuff like Phil's nifty setting for the game, uh, which is called The Children of the Shroud. Dun, dun, dun. I made the name up. He did. Yes. 
Uh, Chris's game development notes for the Lamplighter system and other special releases when they come out. Man, I haven't had a chance to release any development notes because I was busy writing a magic system. Sorry, but that's all right. It's okay. Well, this has been a Mr. Actor Mark production. I didn't think I'd get to say this again, but it's fun to do it. The media arm of Encoded Designs might drop. You think you're excited. <laughs> we out! <laughs>